Hello, you're watching another episode of Green New Perspective, a podcast dedicated to sustainability, where we talk with guests from climate tech, nature tech, agri-tech space, and learn about the innovations happening within these fields in order to fight climate change. Um, today, The theme of today's episode is plastic waste. So with the issue of plastic waste gaining increasing attention, causing bans on items like bags and straws and making consumers more aware, Major brands are finding themselves compelled to take a deeper dive into the entire life cycle of their products, especially what happens after consumers are done with them. So joining us today are representatives from ICPG, an industry leader at the forefront of driving a revolutionary change through the development of more advanced packaging solutions. Um, joining me today are Jonathan Cage, Director of Business Development, Michael Moran, Commercial Director, and Natalie McVarish, the Director of Marketing at ICPG. So together we will dwell into the crucial importance of recyclable packaging, and we will try to provide you with insights um, into the company's forward-thinking approach to sustainability. So stay with us and learn more about their innovative packaging solutions. Welcome to Green Perspective Podcast. It's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much for having us. It's a pleasure to be here. It is. Thank you. So, uh, Mike, to kick up our conversation, um, can you please explain the most pressing, pressing issues facing the recyclable food packaging industry? Well, it, I think it's sustainability. Our clients, which are mostly CPGs and major global converters for packaging, have um, uh, made some significant commitments to get into a recycled packaging um, position with their primary food packages. Um, and at ICPG, we're really, really uh, knowledgeable. We have a tremendous amount of experience understanding the products, the applications, and the processing techniques used in packaging food products. And we're focused on creating sustainable packaging solutions primarily that are recyclable um, in our uh, waste stream in the United States. Yeah, and jumping off that, I think particularly in the last, you know, five, 10 years, there's been a tremendous amount of consumer pressure on these companies to um, improve the sustainability of their single-use packaging. Um, plastic waste is a is a very visible form of waste, and so I think it kind of um, sticks out in consumers' minds a lot. Um, and, you know, within the past few years, there's been bans on certain kinds of packaging formats and plastic products, you know, uh, plastic bags, um, straws, you know, things of the, that nature. Um, and so brands have been under a lot of pressure to make sure that they're really um, thinking about the end of life of these solutions. So what happens to them after they leave the consumer's homes and diverting that from landfill so that there's more of a circular kind of economy for these plastic packaging solutions. So Jonathan, can you tell us what ICBG uh, provides uh, to your customers uh, within the food packaging sector? I certainly can, yes. Um, so we're kind of in a, a unique position. We're really uh, material agnostic in, in many respects. Um, you know, we produce uh, polypropylene, polyesters, PETs, RPETs, um, polyethylenes, polystyrene, uh, and then also EVH, EVOH in multiple configurations. And so what we're able to do is we're really able to offer a really broad portfolio of materials uh, to our uh, packaging customers and CPGs 
uh, in the format of thermoformed products and then also materials that we produce for form fill seal applications, for horizontal form fill, fill seal applications. Um, and so, for instance, one of the things that we've been able to do to kind of dovetail off of what Natalie and Mike are saying is that, you know, we take a look at the process, we took a look, take a look at the application, and then what we're able to do with some of our new innovations that we'd like to talk to you about a little bit later um, is really design those solutions uh, and design for sustainability. So, for instance, you know, if we're looking at where polystyrene is today, that's, you know, under tremendous pressure to be replaced, and there's not a lot of solutions out there. Well, what we've been able to do as a company, given our broad portfolio, given our innovations, is really design um, those uh, app, those uh, solutions so that they provide true sustainability uh, and also, you know, a lot of economic value uh, to our, our customers as well. And in what, in what way have you helped with companies to upgrade their packaging solutions? And so, for in sure. So, for instance, uh, you know, one of the biggest challenges that's been out there for many years um, is the replacement of polystyrene. It's become under fire um, because of Prop 65, et cetera. And in, in a number of countries, you know, they're, they're really trying to get out of styrene. So what we have developed is actually a, a solution that we'll talk about a little bit later in the podcast that has been able to effectively replace polystyrene for formful seal applications, such as, you know, multi-packs for yogurt, uh, dips and sauces and things like that, um, that are really challenging. You know, polystyrene has been an amazing material, but because of the pressure it's under um, and also to meet a lot of the sustainability goals from the CPGs, they've been looking for a solution for many years and haven't been able to do that. Well, with our expertise, our understanding of process applications performance, what we've been able to do is take a traditional uh, polypropylene and modify it to make a new polypropylene that becomes a lot more sustainable. It's designed for recyclability, has no additives or compounds, so it becomes a really true solution you know, to, to and an economically viable solution rather than investing a lot uh, on the equipment side, you know, for converting machines or adding adding capabilities to the machines. And so we've been able to provide that just as an example uh, to the industry. And so that's a really, really unique development. And Natalie, can you tell us um, uh, some examples of successful collaborations that you have with some of the companies um, and transform their their uh, food packaging. Right. So we're, I mean, working with companies across the globe. We have uh, trials going on in uh, six continents at this point, yes. I think, um, and which is really impressive for, you know, a new organization that just launched in 2020. So that just kind of shows you the need for a solution like this. Uh, you know, Jonathan kind of touched on, you know, that this is an economically viable solution. I mean, this the quest for sustainability for these companies is not a new thing. Um, this is something that, you know, Mike and Jonathan have worked in the industry for, I don't want to age you guys, but decades. <laughs> and they have a lot of experience. A while. Yeah, they have a lot of experience working with these companies. And this move out of polystyrene initiative has is something that they they started working on with some of these organizations a very long time ago. And it's just something that's eluded the industry. So it's really just a combination of our solution um, combined with the, the application knowledge that's allowed us to be very successful because we understand what these challenges are. And so not only is it a, a sustainable product, but it satisfies some key concerns that 
that companies have, you know, from a business perspective regarding costs and then equipment utilization. You know, these organizations have all of this equipment. I mean, talk about waste to, to come in there with a solution that basically asks the company to trash all of this equipment infrastructure that they have. I mean, that's just not realistic. So our solution works on existing equipment. And, you know, I think a couple of the applications that Jonathan has mentioned, which, you know, they can they can expand a little bit more um, on that. But yogurt multipacks, you know, that those are those multipacks that snap kind of one in the one of the ways um, regarding packaging function that our material really stands out is it keeps that snap. So it allows them to maintain, you know, that kind of same, you know, product function and feel. Um, for the, at the consumer level, uh, condiments, single serve condiments are also an area where we've, you know, had a lot of development and um, interest. And then some shelf stable food products, you know, an example there is baby food or applesauce cups, you know, things of that nature. Um, would you guys like to kind of dig into that a little bit more? Sure. I mean, I think you're right on target. You know, that's, that's, uh, you know, it's interesting because when, to Natalie's point, you know, when we started the development and again, Mike and I have been doing this for 15 plus years, you know, to, in addition to our, the rest of our tenure in packaging. Um, but what's unique about it is that, you know, a lot of the, you know, you take a large CPG today that's producing yogurt globally, you know, they may have a hundred, 150 machines you know, that they're stuck, you know, or they have to make significant capital investment to the tune of maybe a million plus euros to modify a machine. Well, you know, you multiply that by 50, 100 lines and, you know, you're really looking at some significant capital. Well, what we were able to do with our development was take a, a really great material, polypropylene, that is just so recyclable. And we adapted it to make a new polypropylene with our partners and to our our, uh, our um, production process um, to be able to replicate a lot of the performance criteria of, of these types of packages, uh, mostly on form full seal, but we're also finding that we can do other um, applications in thermoform products as well. So like Natalie said, you know, uh, yogurts, creamers, um, uh, baby food, uh, applesauce, you know, et cetera, uh, that can now utilize a material that's got such a wide um, performance capability from basically freezer to microwave, and we've adapted it so that it can actually re you know, replace uh, that uh, polystyrene. You're oh, great. And it's fully, fully recyclable, right? Fully recyclable. No additives, no compounds. You know, we don't add anything to it. It's got beautiful organoleptics for taste and odor. Uh, you know, it meets uh, all of the regulations. Um, and again, you know, polypropylene is, to me, it's really such a huge upcoming material with new production um, capacity coming on stream. And, uh, you know, and it gives the solution, a more sustainable solution uh, to the CPGs and the brand owners. I think an important thing to consider when talking about recyclability is, um, you know, when you consider the recycling infrastructure, particularly here in the U.S., volume plays a really big part in that. You know, these these recycling systems need to have a large volume of this material in order to make it, you know, viable for recycling and, you know, going through the, the uh, municipalities. And polypropylene is used in a lot of different applications already. You know, Jonathan mentioned um, thermoform products, you know, versus form fill seal, which is kind of where we've carved out our niche. A lot of thermoform products today are already made in polypropylene. So you kind of are, we're kind of building on that, um, that existing volume that's already there. Um, 
so so in terms of recyclability that that definitely helps kind of from that perspective because we know that there's an existing market for it and we're not kind of just developing some niche product that isn't going to really go right. anywhere when when it when push comes to shove at the recycling yeah. level yeah. Yeah. actually it works in both directions uh, you need to have a, a large supply of material to be recycled mm-hmm. but you have to have a, a growing demand for the material yes. right now um, the material that we're targeting to replace polystyrene to polypropylene uh, polystyrene's demand it continues to shrink and it has over the last uh, 15 years uh, and there's no real new investment going into um, producing more polystyrene resin while as Jonathan alluded to uh, there's an incredible amount of investment going on to produce additional polypropylene okay so as you know uh, Green New Perspective is a sub-brand of New Perspective, which is a marketing agency. So we want to hear more about your brand story. So um, can you tell me about the early stages of RCPG's brand identity and uh, what were you looking to create? Uh, Jonathan, can you tell me? Well, I, I can actually, you know, it, it started um, sort of about five years ago. Um, and, and Mike was really, you know, the one that started driving um the new brand, which was our ICPG. And what he was really focused on and, uh, you know, was really creating um, some synergies and expanding our product portfolio. So not only from the impact legacy business where we were producing polypropylenes and polystyrenes and a number of other materials, but he also then expanded and really, really drove uh, the ability for us to produce multi-layer structures and multi-material structures. And then that capability then dovetailed into our development that started about four, four and a half years ago on our XPP platform. And so it's been a really exciting, you know, not only a brand development, but a product innovation, you know, and then really driving as a solutions provider. And that's really what, you know, drove the ICPG group um, with heavy focus on food. Um, You know, Mike, myself, and a couple of our other cohorts within the company have been in food packaging our entire careers and and so that really was sort of a natural extension of all of the work that we have done in the past. And then to bring it, you know, sort of up to date um, with the ICPG brand and the development and now our new capabilities. And Mike, can you tell me uh, more about the challenges you faced on the way? You know, I think the biggest challenge that we um, came, uh, that, that presented itself to us was that we were unknown. We were a brand new organization. Uh, with a lot of experience in the industry, but nobody knew who we were. So, you know, speaking of branding, it was really important for us to develop uh, a uh, brand uh, strategy, um, a, a go-to-market strategy, uh, in addition to doing all the other things that you have to do when you're uh, in growth mode, and that that is hiring all your staff, uh, developing your team, um, creating the infrastructure in the manufacturing environment, getting all the equipment. Mm-hmm. I mean, those were normal challenges, but you know, we, we needed to develop um, a, a credible position, let people, educate people as to who we are and what we do, uh, just to create opportunities. So for us, it was overcoming that unknown quality. I think, Thinking back, one of the ways we wanted to do that too was with our brand voice. We wanted to kind of be 
establish ourselves as approachable experts, you know, is kind of the way that we always thought about it. So, you know, like even just going back to the look and feel of the website and, um, you know, the, the messaging on that, and then, you know, just how we approach, uh, conversations with customers, we're, we're here to solve your challenges. We know, we know what we're talking about, but we like always kind of try to do it and like, you know, add a little levity to it. So, <laughs> Yeah, it's not going to be collaborative yeah. in approach. Exactly, collaborative. And, and approachable. I, I like the word that you used, approachable. Yeah. We we definitely are that. So, Natalie, um, what specific marketing initiatives have you implemented to raise brand awareness? Yeah, so, I mean, once we, once we identified our niche within the industry, which, as Jonathan talked about, you know, kind of with the development of this new innovation, we really kind of honed in on this niche for PS replacement and form fill seal. Um, we knew exactly who we wanted to target. We had the benefit of our team's experience and, in, uh, you know, intimate knowledge of the applications that these that these organizations were working on because they they had worked on them before. Um, so we knew exactly who we were going to target. But not only that, we knew the pain points and challenges that these CPGs had experienced over the years um, regarding these P PS replacement initiatives. So. I think to start, it wasn't so much about finding who we were targeting, but how we were going to reach them. And so we kind of used a combination of inbound and outbound marketing techniques. But through that, we were always very precise about who we were targeting and who we were speaking to. So uh, for, uh, for our perspective or from our perspective, like the mass marketing techniques never really worked so well. We always needed to figure out what's the best way to like get to that exact person. Um, so we've had a lot of success on LinkedIn through LinkedIn advertising campaigns, um, you know, account-based marketing, email marketing. Um, and then we we attend, um, we're very selective about what trade shows we attend. So a lot of the trade shows will be like smaller, like, but very specific, specifically focused on dairy, for example, you know, there's going to be like 200, 200, 300 people there, but at least 50% of them are going to be interested in you know, what, what you're, what you're bringing. Mm -hmm. So, um, and then outside of that, as I said, our main goal was brand recognition. You know, we are entering a very mature market where our competitors' names were very well known, but they were also kind of complacent. You know, they were like, everybody knows us, everybody uses us. They don't, they don't have another choice. Um, we were coming in as a new guy and we had to stand out, which means that um, we sometimes had to be a little bit bold and direct with our messaging. Um, and I think sometimes I would kind of come out with some of these things that Mike and Jonathan were a little bit like, oh, I don't know. Are we ready to say that? And I'm just like, we're going to say it. What do we have to right. say? Yeah. <laughs> can, you, can you give me an example? <laughs> I mean, I think, I think, um, it's, it's just all about like how you're positioning the product. You know, I was, I was not afraid to just come out and say the ways that we were better than polystyrene mm -hmm. and just say it, you know, because mm -hmm. I, whereas a lot of, um, you know, other messaging, I'd say, would kind of dance around that. I just came out and said it. We're we're a replacement for polystyrene, and we're we're better than it, and that's why. This is why. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I wanted to ask you. Um, you mentioned that you're doing education because we're well, you're in the innovation space, which is which is really normal. Every guest that we have on on this podcast mentioned that they had to do the education because people don't know what their product is about so um how do you do it what do you do to educate uh not just the the your your potential uh clients but also the customers consumers 
Right. Well, I would say, yeah, that's that's an interesting question because definitely when we were um, initially approaching companies with this product, they would just come out and say, like, no, we don't believe you. <laughs> There's no way that your material can actually do what you're saying it's doing. Because polypropylene, as we mentioned, was not new. This was its whole own new category of polypropylene, though. And we did have to um, kind of work to overcome that. Um, but I, I would say that we just tried to, from a marketing perspective, make sure that we were always putting this messaging in front of people to the point where they couldn't help themselves but reach out and find more. Um, and then once we kind of broke through that barrier, the product really speaks for itself. Um, it really does do exactly what we say it's going to do, um, which helps too. You, do, you know, we're not just, uh, you know, snake oil salesman's over, salesman over here. <laughs> so let's talk you know, about one, one of the things we did uh, is, is partner with and work with machine company um, uh, technology platform developers. And we created samples um, of what our customers would use our material for. So not just not only did we make the raw material, the XPP, but we made the cups. And that's not what we do professionally, but we developed very good um, working samples uh, that showed that XPP could snap, could be formed, uh, could be sealed against. And that took us a long way. Uh, providing credibility and opportunities with large CPGs. But we have to man mention your podcast as well. Yes, <laughs> podcasts yes, and you know it's about packaging podcasts. That's it, you know. <laughs> and and then Mike and I were on the road a lot. You know, we presented at many conferences. Uh, we traveled uh, throughout Europe. Um, you know, and uh, so you know the the word really got got out there and you know it was always amazing you, you'd say for instance you know you mentioned about the podcast uh we had uh, a couple of um uh, big customers clients yeah big big uh, dairy producer in the u.s you know they came by our booth at the sustainable packaging uh conference and said i just listened to your podcast and here we are and you have your product <laughs> and you have samples let's let's start the dialogue and it was you know that's you know that to me in itself is proof of not only the interest from their perspective, but also the effectiveness of everything that we put together and everything that Natalie's been driving from, you know, from an awareness perspective and marketing. No, oh, that's great. That's great to hear. People love podcasts. And, um, it turns all that way. So um, let's talk about market trend and consumer demands. So um, you already mentioned that consumer preferences um, play a vital role in shaping industries. So what are some of the current trends and demands within the food packaging sector? Um, well, you know, sustainability is front and center, you know, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, I think it's vital for the planet. It's vital for us as humans, you know, as Matt Natalie had mentioned, uh, you know, packaging gets seen, uh, cause it's so visible, uh, you know, visible. Um, but in reality, you know, what do we need to do from that perspective? And I think that there's a lot of confusion within, uh, you know, educating consumers about, you know, what's more sustainable, what's the LCA on glass, what's the LCA you know, on a, you know, a, a PE coded, you know, paper cup, you know, et cetera. And so, you know, those points of education, I think that the consumer really wants to know they're, you know, they have instant access to information. And so, you know, trying to combine that with the systems to collect, to recycle, to repurpose and reuse, 
is critical. And I think that there's just a huge demand there um, from the consumer, from our customers, you know, to be able to deliver on, you know, what those needs and wants and desires are. And it's a challenge. Uh, you know, the infrastructure is very complicated. We're members of the U.S. Plastics Pact. We, you know, we have a, a number of other coalitions that, you know, are fantastic out there and everybody's trying to get it. And we're going to get it. You know, the industry is getting and making tremendous progress. Um, and so, you know, that's a that's one of, to me, the most critical trends, you know, within the industry right now is tackling sustainability so we can reduce waste and we can, you know, repurpose and reuse, which again, you know, sort of drives us back to polypropylene, which can just keep using it as long as we can get it, as long as we get, you can recycle it, we'll take it. So Yeah. I mean, you asked about uh, education before, um, you know, and I kind of like answered that question from the perspective of us educating our direct customers, there's also a lot to be done regarding consumer education, you know, that end use consumer, the shopper. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of part of what we're trying to do with our podcast, but industry-wide, the, the, the whole industry is trying to kind of drive at more education and awareness about, you know, what is the role of these packaging solutions? What benefits do they deliver? You know, we've, we just, um, we're about to release an episode on our podcast about food waste and the role that packaging can play in combating food waste, which is actually, you know, I think the average consumer doesn't know food waste has a lot of, you know, very significant environmental consequences. So when you consider we're trying to get rid of packaging, but yet it could have a negative impact elsewhere. And it's just, you know, kind of digging into uh, digging into ways to communicate that to the consumer. I think it's going to be really important mm -hmm. um, and kind of balancing the, this trend towards improved sustainability, um, but then doing it in such a way that it is actually helping. We have an episode, a podcast episode about food waste with CEO of Renewal Meal. They're doing food upcycling. Mm. So, yeah, really Love interesting. That. Yeah, yeah it's a very complex. It's a very complex topic, and kind of like we were so excited to record it because you know, given the kind of negative perception regarding packaging, we were like, this is something where we can really help, where we could really make a difference. You know, with properly designed packaging um, that's you know, that's designed in a thoughtful way. Um, so yeah, yeah, education is, is definitely, um, an area where the industry is very focused on. I like to take a little detour and, and move in a slightly different direction. The industry trend that I really think is, um, most important at the moment is this, um, a commitment to using post-consumer recycled materials in as much packaging as possible and creating a real high-value recycled product stream. Um, so much investment has gone into chemical recycling, uh, advanced recycling, and improved mechanical recycling. Uh, we see industry competitors and partners uh, putting in their own uh, facilities to uh, get the PCR recycle stream that they need to produce um, more impactful, sustainable packaging solutions. Uh -huh, uh -huh. And do you, Mike, can you, can you give us any news regarding uh, ICPG or the barrier food packaging sector? So we, we continue to work with the organizations like uh, PureCycle um, and um, uh, some of the recyclers themselves on qualifying our materials getting certification or pre-certification on 
the recyclability of those materials and getting uh, uh, PCR uh, feedstock so that we can incorporate it into our uh, product development uh, process. Mm -hmm. And um, Natalie, how have you achieved or currently achieving growth and what strategies have you implemented to generate a strong pipeline? Yeah, so I mean, within our organization, um, larger organization, you know, which includes Impact Plastics, we're currently going through an expansion. We just added on to our facility down in North Carolina, um, and we're looking at putting in new equipment and machinery that's going to expand our capacity, um, both on the ICPG side with food packaging and then on the impact side for medical packaging. Um, in addition, I mean, we're always kind of working on, you know, our R&D team, their wheels are always turning, working on new innovations um, for our product portfolio, kind of with, always with an eye geared towards, you know, what are some of these industry challenges that are just kind of like going unnoticed or going, you know, untreated and how can we and how can we help there? Mm -hmm. um, and then we also, you know, have another product coming out too, which Jonathan can talk a little Ooh. bit about, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to kind of do that as, as an extension. <laughs> and so, you know, to your point, you know, what are we doing in, in barrier packaging um, with our XPP development? And again, you know, we started this this journey about four years ago. Um, what we have now since been able to do and, um, is is actually move into more barrier applications. Initially, when we developed our XPP solution, we already identified that we were getting 90% improvement in OTR and MVTR, oxygen transmission and moisture vapor transmission rates mm -hmm. over traditional polypropylenes, which provides, you know, sort of a certain amount of extended uh, shelf life and barrier, uh, uh, barrier protection. But then what we did is we said, okay, well, now let's take this, let's take this to the next level. And at that time, EVOH was on allocation. It was shutting customers down. It was getting very expensive and we were like, okay, so what can we do to now take our XPP and enhance it and improve the barrier? And we did that. We achieved that with our Reba product, which is really a unique development. I mean, we pulled from some other different uh, extrusion processes and then combined it with our capabilities and our XPP resin to develop a true uh, barrier material, like a monomaterial, but, you know, barrier um structure, which sort of then what we found since that is sort of it really hits a great medium uh, barrier uh, requirement. So for modified atmosphere, uh, for, you know, refrigerated products that need some extended shelf life, et cetera. But it gives, it gives our brand owners the ability to actually naturally extend the shelf life of their products or even, you know, some uh, product replacements as well, where they can, or extensions, you know, where they can go into other products. And then ultimately, you know, if indeed, you know, there is a requirement for a high barrier, say for like hot fill or aseptic and things like that, that need 12 to, you know, plus months shelf life, then we can incorporate the EVOH into those as well. So basically we created this foundation of XPP products, and then we've elevated it to, you know, to now be able to run on the foam full seal platforms with, you know, additional barrier protection and performance. And we're, you know, also looking at, um, developing a licensing program for these products because ultimately, you know, we're a small fish in a very big ocean in terms of when you consider the supply needs of the food packaging industry. Um, and we're looking at ways, these are all patent pending products that so we're looking at ways to license this extrusion technology to other companies um, so that we can just continue to scale these solutions and promote improved sustainability across the globe. 
And what, what else are you most uh, excited about in terms of upcoming projects, innovations? Um, I mean, I think the launch of our Reba product and is is really the big one that we have coming on. Mm-hmm. Um, as Jonathan mentioned, that this is this opens kind of a whole new door of possibilities um, in terms of what kind of applications that our solutions will really have that perfect fit in. Um, he mentioned kind of modified atmosphere that's like, you know, meat trays and, and deli products and those kind of solutions and which is a very, you know, big portion of the market. Um, so I think we're really excited to finally, um, you know, try to, 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 we're doing some like finalizing some experiments regarding that. And so we're excited to see those kind of come full circle so that we can really start helping that market segment. Yes, and we're closing we're close to the end of our conversation so mike um i wanted to ask you um since you've been in the industry for 15 years as you said and um with icpg you've overcome challenges and achieved significant breakthroughs um so can you offer a piece of advice for a founder ceo or executive who's new in this industry and it's just beginning this journey and facing similar types of challenges that you mentioned before? Sure. Um, for me, uh, especially the way we operate at ICPG, is um, is to really understand why we do what we do. Uh, everything for us starts with why. And when we maneuver through our developments, our process, our portfolio, um, we're always uh, guided by the why. So I'm going to say to anybody that's moving into a sustainable solution, whether it's packaging or other things, is to really understand why you're doing it. Is it for you know community? Is it for environment? Is it for um, cost savings? All of those are valid. And um, there could be a combination of all of those things and other things but understand and guide your actions by the why. That's my advice. Well, thank you. Um, I hope our audience is going to appreciate your advice. But before we wrap up, Natalie, can you tell our audience um, where they can get in touch with you or maybe listen to your podcast? We're going to link everything below, but just in case, uh, mention it here as well. Yeah, definitely. So um, you can listen to us talk, you know, dig into all of these issues more on our podcast, the crazy about packaging podcast, which you can find on all major podcast platforms. And then also at our website, which is icpg.co. And then we're also on LinkedIn at ICPG and Instagram at icpgco. Um, And we have a blog as well, the industry insights blog on ICPG, which, you know, I think if, if you're somebody you know, who finds these topics really interesting or is really interesting in learning more about packaging sustainability. Um, we have a few great articles on our blog as well. Well, thank you. Thank you all once yeah. again for being guests on Green New Perspective podcast. And I wish you all the best in your future um, journey developing great, great packaging solutions. Yep, hopefully soon on a shelf near you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'd like that. Much. Thank you so much. And there you have it, people. Our chat with the ICPG crew has come to an end. It's been really fun for me, and I hope uh, you will appreciate this opportunity to learn about the changing game of plastic waste and the impact of recycling packaging 
thanks to the veterans from the industry, Jonathan, Michael, and Natalie. Um, before we sign off, I'd like to encourage you all to get in on the action. Drop a comment below to share your thoughts on today's discussion about plastic waste, recyclable packaging, and sustainability overall. And if you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss out on our future conversation. Your engagement and support means the world to us. So until next time, keep the conversation going. Bye.